This is the Kibasa King Sports Extravaganza. Hey, 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 Yakshamash. Club to you too, or whatever. You know, really, I love your style. I love the way you edit things together. Well, thanks for noticing. It's a real pain. We welcome to the show Christian Leitner. Yeah, I'm proud of my heritage, and my mother used to make a lot of delicious meals, capusta, bumpy, padoli, all that good stuff. I put sour cream on everything, and um, so <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of Polish tradition there. Everybody to the Kilbasa King Sports Extravaganza brought to you by Bucky's Fifth Quarter. Make sure you guys check out Bucky's Fifth Quarter for all your Wisconsin Badgers news, notes, and discussion. And I am joined, uh, thankfully, on 15 minutes' notice by the awesome, uh, you know, John Veldheis. Uh, and I would say, of course, you have to check out BadgerBlitz.com for all your Wisconsin Badgers news and notes. Is there, John? And John and everyone over at Badger Blitz does an amazing job. And uh, you know, John's on. There's been there's some I don't know rumors some some fans started making some noise earlier today maybe this maybe mid to late afternoon and, and next thing you know outside linebacker Vince Beagle is reported by our colleague uh, Jesse Temple from ESPN.com of having uh, you know to repair having surgery to repair a fractured foot kind of uh, odd news and, and obviously devastating news to the defense just two days away from their, you know, their, their date in Ann Arbor against the number four Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, it was uh, uh, not great timing for the Badgers who, you know, they, they, for one reason or another, they um, cannot shake the injury bug at a couple different uh, and, uh, you know, key positions this year. So uh, Vince Beagle is just the latest. I mean, earlier today, uh, thought of the Badgers were also uh, going to have to play without uh, Rafael Gaglianone for the rest of the year. So injury on the injury front, it's been kind of a, a rough day for the Badgers. You know, they they still have not um, confirmed that, uh, you know, Beagle, you know, underwent surgery on his foot or, you know, what the official time frame is going to be. But, you know, I have no um, reason to doubt that, uh, you know, Jesse's report is accurate, seeing as the, you know, the, the name source is uh, Vince's father. Uh, so this seems, seems pretty legit. It's just a matter of time before the Badgers come out and uh, confirm it, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's a it's a big loss. I mean, like Vince is, uh, you know, one of the best, uh, um, you know, pass rushers in the Big Ten, and uh, he's kind of the, uh, you know, he, well, he's a, he's a team captain, and he's you know, and a, a, the emotional leader of the defense. And so this is definitely a, a big and uh, I think unexpected, um, you know, blow at least from the outside. As far as uh, you know, I think I don't think anybody really had much of an inkling that. Uh, 
Vince was struggling with this foot injury until, you know, you like you mentioned earlier, there was just kind of some smoke uh, started from some rumors. Uh, people who, I guess, uh, were a little, a little in the know started to say things online uh, midday. I didn't, I didn't really hear anything until uh, this evening when I was at dinner. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Jesse got there and, uh, you know, got the word from Vince's father. And uh, I guess this is just another injury that the Badgers are going to have to react to. And, you know, uh, it's uh, unfortunate for them that they got to play Michigan this week because uh, I think this is, you know, their toughest game of the season. But, you know, they're just going to have to uh, play next man up and see what they can do this weekend. And you mentioned it right there, John, with the next man up mentality. You've seen it this year uh, a lot already. And they've been challenged early on where first offensive, offensive play for LSU for the Tigers injures his right knee. Uh, Ryan Conley, the former walk-on, steps up seven tackles, including that huge screen pass uh, breakup on that third down in the fourth quarter. He stops that drive. Uh, they also uh, look at Natrell James in the lead nickelback, special teams guru, and, and the, the starting kickoff returner out uh, still. And then mentioned Hopal Gaglianoni out with you know the, the back surgery and the offensive line being without John Deason, who's questionable this week. Mike, and it might took a point last week, which looks like a point. He wasn't on the injury report today, so it looks like he may be a full go. But he's had to insert another walk on with Brett Connors in that center and moving Michael Dieter out to the left guard. Um, and, and with Gaglianoni's absence, you've had Andrew Endicott, the senior, come in, hit a 41 yard field goal last week against Spartans in their 30 to 6 win, but also you know, converting three to four extra points. Uh, last week on last Saturday, but you know, how do you, I mean, there's two components to this. You mentioned he's an emotional leader. He is, Beagle is, but in terms of scheming, what do you see? I mean, there's some, they have some options and they, their reserves and Zach Vaughn and Garrett Dooley have played, I'd say some substantial snaps through four games this season. Yeah, you, you're right. The Badgers do have some options to, to choose from. And so I guess, uh, yeah, it depends on how long the Badgers have known that Vince is going to need this uh, this procedure. Uh, as far as how long defensive coordinator Justin Wilcox has had to kind of uh, come up with a plan here, um, you know, you, you mentioned that uh, you know Zach Bond and Garrett Dooley have gotten a lot of reps, and that's right. I mean, I think they've done a really good job of uh, rotating the linebackers in and getting everybody some work. Uh, so, you know, the, the easiest move might be to just promote um, one of uh, Garrett Dooley or Zach Bond. I would, I would imagine it would be Zach Bond because he's uh, listed as Beagle's uh, primary backup on you know, the team's official two deep. Uh, but, you know, uh, those things are always kind of fluid. So, you know, depending on, you know, who's been getting these reps in practice, uh, it, uh, it, you know, I think it could go either way, but, you know, at least nominally, um, Bond is probably the person who could step up if the Badgers want to, you know, not disrupt as much as possible. Um, I guess the other option would be to uh, move Jack Sitchie, uh from inside linebacker to outside linebacker. Uh, Sitchi, I think, uh, is a natural pass rusher. Uh, we kind of saw that with his, uh, you know, back-to-back-to-back sack uh, performance in uh, Wisconsin's Holiday Bowl last year. Uh, outside linebacker is his Original position, the Badgers moved him inside actually to uh, to fill in for Orr uh, when Orr was kind of banged up at the end of last year. Um, and, you know, they, they do have some um, competent backups at the inside linebacker spot, especially now that T.J. Edwards is healthy. Um, 
you know, they they could go with Ryan Connolly, uh, who, you know, like you mentioned before, played well in place of or before Edwards was ready to uh, get back onto the field from his foot injury at the start of the season. And then, you know, Leon Jacobs has been, you know, moved back to linebacker from uh, playing fullback. And, you know, Jacobs has spent most of his career as a linebacker and, you know, has already, you know, gone out and played in games uh, for the Badgers at that spot. So, you know, really they, they have some options that they can kind of play around with. I think it kind of depends on, you know, how much time they've had to prepare for this. Like if, if they didn't know until uh, say today that they were going to, uh, you know, be out Beagle for these, uh, these next couple of weeks here, then I, I could imagine that uh, maybe you, you promote bond for this week and then uh, try and come up with a longer term plan for the, you know, the next month or so. Um, and going into next week when you also have the buy to, you know, if you wanted to move uh, stitchy to the outside, you have a little bit more time to, you know, to get them switched over to that spot. Uh, so, but if, you know, if it sounds like from, um, you know, Jesse Temple's report that uh, Beagle's been playing with this kind of nagging foot injury for, for a little while. Um, and so if they, if they knew or had an inkling that uh, they were going to be without him for, you know, maybe at least this week, then, you know, maybe they, um, it, it all depends on, you know, who's been getting these reps in practice and, uh, you know, how much time, you know, say somebody like Sitchi would need to move over if that's the direction that they wanted to go in. So it kind of depends on, you know, what they think is the best fit and, uh, you know, how, how long they've, uh, they've had to prepare for this. Uh, it, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do this weekend for sure. We're here with John Belteis from BadgerBlitz.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter uh, at John Belteis. And we're talking about obviously we're talking Wisconsin, Michigan top ten matchup in Ann Arbor, second conference game for the Wisconsin Badgers, which are who are ranked number eight in both the AP and coaches poll. We're discussing Vince Eagle's injury, which was reported by ESPN's Jesse Temple through conversations with his uh, father, Rocky. Rocky is staying between two to four weeks at offense from Michigan. Balanced, very balanced. I believe him right around 230 yards rushing, around 240 passing. You have a quarterback in Wilton State, but also, uh, you know, they have weapons uh, when it comes to you have a tight end that's an off-conference type of tight end and Jake Butt, if not more, it's the best tight end that they've probably faced this year. Uh, but you also have weapons on the outside and, and the possibility of Jabril Proffers. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it was going to be a, a tough offense for them to face even with uh, Vince Beagle. And uh, I, I suppose that, uh, you know, the, the depth that the Badgers have at linebacker, I guess, is a bit of a silver lining here, but obviously you would, you know, they would rather have their best, I think, defensive player available for uh, going into this game. And then obviously the, you know, the, the, the rest of this, uh, you know, the, the meat of this schedule that everybody was kind of talking about in the preseason. But um, I, I think a big thing to watch will be, um and, you know, an element that they, they might use in making their decision on, you know, who is going to get the majority of Beagle snaps is um, who can, um, you know, play, play well in coverage and uh, match up against somebody like uh, Jake Butt. I mean, like the, uh, I, I would imagine that uh, a linebacker was going to draw um, some initial coverage on him uh, in this game, even with, 
beagle playing and but you know it, it really depends on uh you know what kind of defensive look they wanted to show michigan it could could end up being uh some safeties would have to cover them but man i mean uh i was looking at uh jake butt's uh statistics and his uh, his frame earlier i think he's listed at six foot six and like 250 pounds so he's good he's going to be allowed to cover for anybody uh so i, I that's uh that's a pretty tough assignment to get uh Right off the bat, and again, it depends on you know what what the Badgers want to do uh, um, in replacing Beagle right away with this first game. Um, as far as you know, whether they're going to just promote somebody who was behind Beagle at the original position group, if they want to mix and match with their inside linebackers, but uh, it's uh, that's uh, it's not a task that I envy. Whoever um, has to step in and you know not only try and keep. Um, you know, maintain a pass rushing presence to uh, to free up T.J. Watt a little bit, but to also potentially have to cover Jake Butt. I mean, like that's a, that's a pretty tough draw. And uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't this uh, losing Beagle for this week did not change my my prediction um, that uh, I am predicting that Michigan's going to win this game. But uh, it it did uh, you know make it a little bit easier uh, or for me to to say that the the Wolverines would would get this game. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you hit it on the head with that where it comes to – I was going back and forth at a Q&A with Mason Brew, our SB Nation covers, cousins that covers mm-hmm. Michigan Wolverines. And I initially thought at the beginning of the week, I mean, you know, batting against the Badgers in a couple of games against LSU and Michigan State, though so I thought they'd be close. And so, like, I don't know if you can right. get out to the team with maybe Beagle and it kind of led the team and just how they're – you know, the next men have mentality. And so I'm wondering you – know, and so I went back and forth for each of the past three days in a Q&A session where I said 2017 Badgers, 2016 Michigan, and I said 17-16 Wisconsin this morning. And uh, that, uh, I, you know, I guess uh, I'm hoping predictions can be made uh, first there. I mean, the next minute mentality, if Beagle does travel with them, which he probably should and probably will in terms of keeping the, the communications going, uh, like you've seen with uh, like Chris Orr, uh, who's on the sidelines as well in terms of communication and, and, and plays. Um, it, you know, even before we talk about the Michigan defense, which is, you know, right now this, they've had to step up in, in key situations and they approach each game, you know, one game at a time. Uh, I mean, you're a third to away through, through the season. What what have you seen out of this team in terms of that, in terms of their attitude? Their, obviously, they have things to improve upon, like the rushing game. Uh, you know, obviously getting healthy there on the offensive line and, and within, you know, in the backfield with Clement and, and Deal. But just what have you seen in terms of this the attitude of this team? And uh, maybe has it been a lot of difference compared to other teams that you, you know, since you've covered the Badgers? Um, I don't know. It's always kind of hard to, to compare year to year for teams, but uh, I, I have definitely been impressed with how, with the, the level of confidence that this team has. Um, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, from, Asking uh, players even after you know after the LSU game, uh, after the uh, the Michigan State game, um, you know it, it's uh, it, it would be tempting, I guess, for some people to say that yeah, I mean like we're they're they're more comf- they're they're more confident now after beating two top ten teams, um, you know, in uh, the the span of their first four games than they were at the start of the season. But you know, I really don't get that vibe from a lot of these guys, or at least if they are, they're they're hiding it pretty well. I mean, like they 
they've been pretty consistent in saying that, you know, they, they think that they uh, have a, a pretty good team and they, you know, don't go into, you know, any of these games, you know, moping around, you know, wondering, oh, what are we going to do? Uh, you know, we got to play, you know, number four Michigan or number three Ohio State or, you know, number eight uh, Michigan State. I mean, like they – I don't think they uh, have – you know, gotten too down on themselves uh, or, you know, ever believed that they could not match up against these other teams. And to their credit, I mean, like so far they've, uh, they've come out on top of these big games that they've played. And uh, I just think it goes to show that this is, this is a really confident group. Um, and, uh, you know, no matter the, 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 the preseason, uh, you know, I, I guess I, I was going to call it hype, but I, I think most of us were expecting like, you know, maybe seven of, Seven and five, middle of the road. If you're a glass half full person, you're probably looking at maybe eight and four. If you're glass half empty, maybe six and six. But uh, you know, I think the the Badgers just you know did a good job of staying you know with, with kind of within themselves and uh, you know not letting uh, the, the I guess the chatter from the outside. Um, determine, you know, how how good of a, a team they're going to be. They've uh, they've just kind of taken it, you know. I guess it's the, the old football cliche. They, they they just really take it one game, uh, you know, one day, one play at a time. Um, and uh, you know, so far it's worked out for them. I guess we'll we, you know we'll see if it turns out the same way this week against Michigan when they're you know obviously going to be going into this game a little shorthanded in more ways than one. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't I don't think that this uh, that losing Beagle is going to affect their confidence. I think that this is a very confident group in general, and I think there's something to be said for that, absolutely. Here with John Beltice, BadgerBlitz.com, here on Bucky's fifth quarter, the Kibasi King Sports Extravaganza. we got the Polish rifle, Scott Wisniewski here. We'll get to him in just a second. Let's talk real quick about that defense for Michigan. Really standing out in a bunch of different categories uh, in the nation, and obviously the, the one that really stands out, number one, Overall, in the FBS, in third down conversions, only allowing 12% of their opponents to, you know, conversions to their attempts to uh, yield the first down. Uh, and, of course, you also have Peppers back there as a pseudo defensive back, linebacker. Seems like that guy can do it all. And, and Paul Chris gave them huge praise earlier this week, stating the uh, just the, uh, how important he is to that squad, but also Colin, one of the best players, if not the best player in college football. Uh, what is that defense? Uh, what have you seen, if you've had, if you've had a chance to look at it, uh, that defense really stands out there? I think the, the thing that stands out the most, obviously you touched on the uh, the, the third down, um, you know, how stellar they've been on uh, you know, getting teams off the field uh, when they can uh, get them to third down. And, and I mean, like, that's the uh, uh, especially playing this game out on the road where it's going to be uh, you would imagine that the crowd uh, would be a factor when the Badgers get the third down here. And so really, I mean, to have a shot of winning this game, they, they need to break that trend and uh, have some success, you know, uh, staying not only, uh, or I guess not only converting on third down, but uh, to do that, they really need to, um, you know, be successful on first and second down. I mean, like it seems elementary, but you, I mean, you just can't afford to, um, you know, fall behind the chains with negative plays or, you know, short gains on, on uh, first and second down. They, they need to be in, um, you know, third and manageable. So like I would say third, third down or four or less, uh, 
um, you know, on a, on a pretty consistent basis just to keep the, you know, the potential threat of running or passing the ball alive. Cause that's, that's going to do a lot. You really don't want to be a, um, a, a one dimensional offense when you're playing the, you know, Michigan's defense in part because they can already, um, attack you in so many different ways because of, um, you know, the, 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 the talent they have in the front seven, you know, kind of highlighted by, um, you know, how many different things Jabril Peppers can do, like you were talking about. I mean, like he's the, probably one of the most versatile players in, in college football right now. And that, you know, really, I think you could play him at, you know, pretty much any defensive spot except uh, maybe defensive tackle. Um, and, you know, I would expect him to play pretty well. I mean, he can, he can rush the passer. He can, you know, play as, you know, kind of a, a gap feeling linebacker. Um, he can, you know, line up and then, you know, dart out and cover a receiver man to man or hang out in the zone. He could play corner. He can play safety. I mean, you really do pretty much anything that they ask him to do. And that includes, you know, uh, going on to offense at some points and, you know, being a receiver, being a running back, being a kick returner. And, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is with that, you know, the, the defensive versatility, uh, it allows them to, you know, um, have kind of a, a numbers advantage. It's, it's almost like um, I would, I guess I'd describe it as almost like being able to run, you know, some three, four concepts out of a four, three defense because, you know, Peppers can do pretty much anything on any snap. Um, it, it does make a, uh, it does make an offense kind of question where the fourth rusher is coming from. Um, and so, you know, because he can do those types of things and they can give um, offenses different looks, I think, uh, you know, Alex Hornerbrook's uh, habit of uh, studying film uh, for hours and hours is uh, probably going to be a pretty key thing. If they can, um, you know, kind of figure out what uh, Peppers is doing pre-snap, that's a, uh, Going to, you know, that's going to be something that could give them a bit of an offensive advantage, but that's no easy task, and it doesn't seem like any of the other teams have been able to, uh, you know, figure out a good way to attack Michigan's defense so far this season. So, Badgers definitely have their work cut out for them. And then, with, you know, kind of wrapping up, we'll let you guys know we've had you on for I told you 20 minutes, and we always, well, we always have a good time here. Just, you know, we always enjoy <laughs> having you on, but apparently we always go like. About 25 minutes over what I tell you, uh, but uh, with, with with that, uh, key, you know, you meant- well, I, I think my, my well, prediction I, I'm, gonna, I I'm I, predicting about uh, a, a a win by about a touchdown. Um, although with uh, with Beagle out, I, maybe I'll reevaluate that and have Michigan covering. But right now, I have Wisconsin covering. Um, you know, I I do think that the the teams are you know, closer in, uh, in talent level and, uh, you know, just performance so far this season than you might expect, uh, just, you know, com- just compared to the amount of recruiting hype and uh, preseason hype that Michigan's getting. Um, I, I really do think that, um, you know, Wisconsin has just shown some things this year that, you know, we really didn't expect, or, you know, I, I think we thought a lot of us thought that they would be a better team than last year, but, you know, just struggle to win these, uh, these big games. And, you know, to their, to their credit, uh, they've won uh, their big games so far this season. And so I, I was, before we found out about Beagle, I, I really was going back and forth on whether or not I was going to pick Wisconsin in this game, but uh, with, with Beagle out and, uh, you know, Gaglianone out and, you know, a couple other injuries uh, issues still lingering, uh, it, it, it's going to be really tough for me to pick Wisconsin in this one. So I, I think I'm going to settle, you know, somewhere around like a, a 23 to 17 uh, Michigan win. I, I'm not expecting, you 
or shootout by any means. I think these are two really good defenses. And uh, but I, you know, I still would not be stunned if the Badgers won. Um, th- there's definitely ways that they can do it. But Alex Hornibrook is going to need to play well uh, again for a second streak week. And uh, the Badgers are really going to have to step up with uh, with Beagle on the shelf. Um, and I don't think they can afford. Uh, you know, much uh, shaky play out of special teams. So they're going to need Andrew Endicott to have a good game if they need to call on him to kick some field goals. But I'm I'm thinking Michigan's going to win. Wouldn't be surprised if Wisconsin does, but I, I am not bold enough to predict it at this point. <laughs> uh, awesome. Hey, John, thanks for jumping on so, uh, so late and so quickly uh, with us. And uh, Are you traveling to Ann Arbor? I am, yep, yep. We're going to head out uh, tomorrow evening. Should be there in plenty of time for the 2.30 kick. Well, safe, safe travels on the drive, and uh, you know we'll we'll talk we'll catch you on touch base down the road, and just thanks again, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. John Veldheis, BadgerBlitz.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at John at John Veldheis. Also check out BadgerBlitz.com, part of the Rivals Network. Uh, great having him on, and uh, we'll give him some donuts soon. I promise you on that end, because uh, uh, with us with the media, that's how we roll. I am the donut man. Uh, with the uh, with Jason gathering spring practice back in the spring, which is uh, apparently my calling card now. Uh, but now, uh, you know, kind of transitioning over, uh, we got the Polish rifle Scott Wisniewski on. Scotty, how's Florida? Um, Florida's great. Uh, Disney was a nightmare, but Florida's been great. That's good. That's good. So, so tell tell the fans real quick where are you staying. And what have you done so far? I know you said Disney, but what else have you done? Hopefully you can enjoy some nice Not much. Not, not much. I, I, yeah, I'm in Daytona. Uh, we did Disney with the grandson. Um, it was a miserable experience for me, but he I, he liked it. That's great. Otherwise, I've just been spending time at the beach, um, spending time in the pool, and just trying to relax a little bit. We just got done. Uh, we had some sea bass for dinner and some... Uh, uh, trigger fish, which is something I've never had before, and some shark. So there oh, you go. Oh, like black tip shark? What you had, or what? What you had? You know which one it was? No, no, it just said shark fillet, and I ordered it. So nice, nice. Shark is good. I, in Florida, I used to. Yeah, I went shark fishing once. Once caught a fifty-pound stingray. That was kind of scary. Uh, my buddy stepped out had a cut the line before I got stabbed. Uh, that's a different. Yeah, that's a different story for a little more drinks, but. Uh, but you no, know, shark like black tip shark is delicious. Uh, that's one of those, um, yeah. You just put some black in season, you grill it up. It's like a textured, you know, like a textured chicken almost, or you know, it's like the texture of a chicken, but with like yeah, a little bit more of the fish taste. Oh, anyways, I, I miss Florida. Uh, but you know, we, we talked about the, the injury. And, you know, before we move over to talk some Packers, before we, we wrap it up over here on the Kielbasa King Sports Extravaganza. Um, you know, um, your thoughts on the loss of Beagle. This is something that, you know, I texted, I think, maybe an hour or two before the show. <laughs> I guess for those that don't know, uh, Vince Beagle out two to four weeks, according to his father, uh, due to surgery to, in, to put a screw into his foot. Your thoughts, I mean, I mean obviously, this guy's an emotional leader, a the team captain, yeah. and also leaders of the defense, and even though the stats don't say it, uh, you know, pro football focus has noted just how many times you put pressure on the quarterbacks, especially against Michigan State and Tyler O'Connor. Right. What does this injury mean to the Wisconsin? 
Well, I mean, obviously it hurts him. First of all, I, I, I'll be very impressed if that injury is only a two- to four-week injury. Let's be honest. Um, I think it might be something more like four to six weeks, but we'll see. Um, but it's huge. And, you know, I, I understand. I heard the conversation. I understand this team's unfazed and they're confident. But let's face it. You know, you lose or you're able to, you know, survive that. Now you lose Beagle. I, I'm I'm more concerned about special teams now with, uh, with the loss of Gaglione. So, but this is huge. And, and look, I get the confidence. But you know, you always talk about next man up, next man up, next man up. We're going to find out how deep this linebacker core is. We're going to see next man up. Is the next man up ready to step in and and continue this meat grinder of a schedule right now? Uh, you know, the worst possible time for this injury to happen. And the cusp of, you know, what you got. I mean, Michigan State's a tough opponent, but and what you have coming up, it's going to be interesting to see. And listen, I know the rest of the team will rally up and they will stay focused, and that's on the coaching staff. They do a great job doing that. I I, I completely understand. But eventually the attrition will, will set in when you keep losing top players and key contributors. And I think the injury hurts them. I mean, uh, much like – much like you guys have talked about, I didn't see them beating Michigan even with Beagle, but I thought it would be close. Um, I, I think the defense is just going to, I don't want to say fall apart. I, I, I'd like to say fall short. I think the defense will still hang in there and play tough, but it's just going to be a numbers game. And I think they fall short and, and lose this game by, you know, anywhere from 10 to 13 points after keeping it close early. I'm just. I think they could step up, and, and it's one thing for them well. So if they want to move Stitchy out, they can. Uh, you know, so, so they have that type of feel with the team where that you know, the, the, the reasons are beyond confident. That bond, you know, from Brown Deer, former basketball standout in the Brown Deer, but also a former quarterback and one of the best players in, in the state, jumps on and, and you know, that is great. He's got a pretty dynamic outside linebacker and. Um, he, you know, kind of reminds me of the 2015 season where Beagle himself and Coach Taylor were getting some reps and sub packages, coming in and out of Brendan Kelly and Armstrong. It'll be interesting to see how they really adapt there. Even Garrett Beagle, the Rancher Jr., who's had six tackles this season and played all four games. Uh, I mean, like you mentioned, the emotional part, like, oh, I'm wondering how this affects them in terms of. The just the emotional part where I remember like talking with Rex Ryan about Jimmy Leonard and his injury with the New York Jets back in 2000, this is the 2010 season where the Jets are riding high, they're going into Foxborough, uh, like two to three days away, and then Leonard breaks his tibia bone and he's out for the rest of the season. Next thing you know, like the, the emotion of I mean, it, and people that the people don't know, you know, Jim Leonard. Uh, Rex I mean, obviously, there's still more hand wringing by Packer fans because they allowed Detroit to get back in the game. But anybody who's watched the Green Bay Packers under Mike McCarthy, this is their mo. I mean, look at every game that they've ever gotten up big in the first half. They don't step on the gas. They don't step on the throat, uh, to use a, a figurative term, and they allow teams to come back in. It's been this way in the Super Bowl year when they won. It's been this way in other seasons. This is the MO of this team. So for people who are upset about the way the second half played out, they just want something to be mad at, or they haven't been watching enough Packer games to realize 
but that's what I would have expected. But see, I my schedule got flipped, so I actually ended up getting to watch the Badger game and not the Packer game. I thought I was going to miss the Badger game and be able to see Packer. Game. So anyway, um, as I'm listening to the scores come in, Aaron Rodgers has four touchdowns midway through the second quarter. I said to myself, "Yeah, you know what? It was twenty, whatever it was, twenty-seven to nothing, twenty-eight to nothing." And I said, "You know what? It doesn't matter." Is it because what's going to end up happening is it's going to end up being like a 10-point game. And sure enough, that's how it ended. So we could talk about their lack of killer instinct at another show because it's going to rear its ugly head again at some point. What I did take away from it was the offense looked a little bit more sharp. Jordy Nelson and and Aaron Rodgers seemed to be a little bit more instinct. Um, So that's a good sign. It really stinks to have a bye week in week four. We could probably use it later, get healthier uh, when you're starting to get some injuries piled up. However, they may be able to work. As I, I heard some rumors on Tuesday. I was reading online that they're going to try some different, go back to some different sets that they've used in the past, not Im- implement anything new, just kind of expand some of them. So maybe the bye week's a good week to do that because you get a little, a couple extra days of practice when they get back from the bye to try to implement some of that stuff. But I hate these early bye weeks. I don't have a problem with the bye week. But I really think every team should have their bye week between week seven and week ten. You could still and you'll still it doesn't it's not gonna cost the league any money. You're still gonna have a seventeen week season. But I really think you should make those bye weeks in the middle of the year and then it then there's nobody can say, Well, I didn't get my bye week until week thirteen, another team could say, Well, I got mine in week there's a week thirteen bye this week, Jake, this year. I mean, that's silly. Hey, you're going to have a bye week in week 13. If you're not a playoff team and you're not competing, who cares about your bye week? You're going to come back and play three meaningless games after a bye. I think it's silly. I, I think bye week should be contained to three weeks in the middle of the season. But anyway, <clears throat> I'm sure Roger Goodell is not listening to the show, so I'm sure it doesn't matter. But anyway, as far as the Packers go, it, you know, they look now they got the, the, the week off. Maybe, you know, Matthews could be healthy. Uh, who knows what we're going to see from Shields and, and the concussion protocol he's going through. That's a, a little bit more serious of an issue than what Matthews was dealing with. And hopefully they can stay focused. I mean, right now Minnesota looks like the class of this division. They they beat Carolina handily. That defense looks tough. They've got a Monday night game against the Giants uh, this coming week. So we'll see how that plays out. But as, as for now, uh, it, it really I don't really know. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see how uh, – uh, how this bye week, how they come back from bye week, but it's a win, and a win's a win. And you know, style points aside, to me, as far as I'm concerned, in the NFL, the style points don't mean anything. It's not like in college where if you win by 30, you'll move up in the rankings. Get the win, move on, get ready for the next opponent. So good for them. Next opponent, next man up. They're gonna have to figure out a way to beat Minnesota when they play them again because that right now the division goes through the Vikings. It's impressive to see how how well they're doing, right? I mean, this isn't just. I mean, I mean, is it impressive when you when you lose Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, or is it just? I mean, the fact that Sam Bradford. I mean, he's an NFL-ready quarterback, obviously, you know, an NFL starting caliber, maybe not all pro that denoted his you know high draft status, but uh, I mean, is it surprising at all to see how well the Vikings are doing? Well, understand. I I like Bradford <clears throat> as far as compared to Hill and even compared to Bridgewater. Problem with Bradford is he hasn't shown he can last the full season yet. But Bradford wasn't the reason they beat Carolina. 
in that game, he was more of a game manager. Once again, that defense forced turnovers, sacked Cam Newton. I'm impressed that they've been able to do it without Peterson, but I think Bradford was an upgrade, uh, certainly from Hill. So, I mean, I'm not that surprised that Bradford won, you know, two games in his first two starts. I'm just surprised at how dominant that defense was. Carolina, a team that a week earlier had put up almost 50 points, and, and they were pretty much shut down by this Minnesota defense. And I don't know, like, I know you mentioned this with the bye week being so early, but is there anything that what they can do? I mean, I think you touched the base on it too. Just what can they do in that bye week that, I mean, there's some injuries, you know, maybe some injuries that they can fix early on that they can fix. But I mean, how, I'm just, I'm just wondering, like, how early, like, what, what positives you can take from a bye week this early? Well, like I said, there's not a lot of positives that come from a week four bye week unless you're already depleted with injuries, which, uh, ironically, this Packer team isn't this year because usually they've got, like, six guys on the shelf by now. But, again, maybe some different sets. Maybe, you know, because the offense still had sputtered the first two weeks of the season and even going back to last year, maybe you work on some different sets. Maybe just get away from each other for a few weeks and and see if some of the – because there's still some – I can't put a specific, I can't put my finger at it, but there's still things that are out of sync. And I don't know if it's McCarthy to Rodgers or Rodgers to the Edgar Bennett or Rodgers to the offensive line or McCarthy to Edgar Bennett. I mean, there's a disconnect somewhere. So maybe you figure, you know, get away from each other for a couple of days and maybe you figure out how to fix whatever that disconnect is because, you know, you, you don't have to like each other, but you got to figure out a way how to respect each other, especially with a small window of opportunity to get a chance to win a Super Bowl. They got to figure that out this year because that window is continuing closing as Aaron Rodgers' career gets longer. So figure it out. And so maybe the benefit is you figure it out. I, I don't know. But again, I don't know what they're figuring out because I don't know what the the cause of the disconnect is. But there's clearly something that, that doesn't have them firing on all their cylinders. Should we talk about defensive back? We talk about them. Did we have we talked. Have we talked about them? Sorry, my mind's kind of racing right now. I don't remember us actually really diving in. I mean, he was on the opposite side next to Randall. It really, really made a difference. Well, sure, Shields is a great player, but understand this: I don't want to say that that Randall and Rollins have a a sophomore slump. There's a learning curve. I mean, you're always learning in this league. If you're going to have a long career, you always have to evolve to the next level. Offenses will figure you out. Then you got to figure out the, the receivers that you're playing in. There's always going to be this give and take and great players learn every year and become better every year. So I'm, I'm still, you know, I still think those guys will figure it out, but I think the league caught up again. You, you always say, well, those receivers, you know, now we have tape on them. We have tape on the cornerbacks too. So, you know, now you have to learn and evolve and figure out, okay, they've got me figured out here. They've got me scouted here. I'm not worried about that. Now going back to Shields, I'm worried about him personally. I mean, every hit you take like that, every concussion puts you on borrowed time in the NFL. Uh, As many as he's had and how severe they are, I'm concerned. I I think he'll be back this year. I think his career has been shortened. I don't know by how much. And I think to be quite honest with you, if he has another one or two of those, he may have to start thinking about uh, his career coming to an end. Absolutely. I mean, it's so scary. You don't want to – definitely don't want to – maybe baseball with Jose Fernandez and the tragic uh, death there. 
uh, and just the tributes that you've seen. Uh, what else do you want to uh, touch base on? Yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's let's do that because I think uh, – let me talk about Fernandez a little bit, and then we could talk some baseball because the Packers have a bye. So next week we could recap Badgers, Michigan, and we could get into the – the, this playoff scenario, obviously all the divisions have been clinched, but both wild cards in the AL and the NL are still open. So there are some great races for those people who say, oh, the second wild card was a dumb idea. Well, guess what? If you didn't have the second wild card, these races would be over. There'd be nothing to be racing for. So um, we'll talk about baseball next week. But uh, the Fernandez thing was is tragic, obviously. You know, you can ask questions, and, and now I've, I've also actually heard uh, Marcelo Zuna said that uh, a couple players uh, turned down a chance to go on that boat uh, that same day. Otherwise, it could have been more tragic for that team. Um, you wonder why? Why are you out on a? Uh, why are you out on a game day at one thirty in the morning? But I'm not going to get into that. It's tragic. He's a great. I heard he was a great community man, uh, great player. Too young. I mean, 24, just too young, and and it's sad. And I, it was a great tribute to him and. You know, it's kind of hard as a sports fan to not get a little teary-eyed to see the D. Gordon home run and how emotional he was about it. But it's sad for that franchise, and that franchise has had a hard time keeping players. And this is one they were looking to lock up for a long time, and they take another hit, and this one uh, obviously worse than any of the free agent losses or the, the lowest payroll and baseball stuff they've had in, in the Jeff Loria years. This this tops it all. This is, you know, the worst thing that could happen to any franchise. It's it's sad. And, um, I, I mean, there's really not much more you could say about it. And hopefully, you know, his family will, will eventually find their healing. And the Marlins will as well. But they, it was a big blow for baseball. Uh, first of all, because he lost his life. And then secondly, this kid was on a track to be, you know, one of the best. And um, gone just like that. I was shocked when I saw that on Sunday morning. It was just absolutely shocked. I thought it was at first I misread it or I thought somebody named Fernandez who worked in the front office. Like I didn't realize until I looked at it a second time. I'm like, Oh, well that's uh, that's even worse than I thought. So uh, anyway, uh, it's terrible. And and let's not forget there are other people on that boat who weren't baseball players who had families too, that also lost their lives. And that, their lives are just as important as, as Fernandez's, and it's just, again, sad that three people in their 20s had to die that early. So, you know, again, uh, but we'll talk more baseball. Baseball, once we figure out who all the teams are in, because, like I said, both wild card spots in both leagues are very much up for grabs. And, you know, but we know the Cubs are in. They have the best record in baseball. The Texas Rangers have the best record in the American League with the worst pitching staff of all the playoff teams. So we'll see how long they're able to parlay these last late inning heroics into a uh, maybe a World Series shot because you know I think their pitching staff is pretty shaky. But other than that, I mean Boston they clinched, um, Cleveland clinched, and we'll see if San Francisco or the Nationals or one of the wild card teams can knock out the Cubs. And now the Cubs are looking. Uh, they had that wall for a while where they were playing 500 balls for about 40, 50 games, and they've turn it back on again. They're getting hot at the right time. Yeah. Getting to that time of the year where you have the best in baseball, you have college football going with the conference season, a lot of good games. Um, and despite the legal injury, you're looking at the fact that there's a lot of, uh, you know, lots to talk about with Wisconsin and Michigan. Uh, the team, uh, obviously, it's a huge blow there. Uh, with Clemson, uh, 
who is it? Is it Louisville? I think it is. Uh, Louisville. Yeah, Clemson, Louisville. That's going to be a fun game to watch with its two quarterbacks. Two Ohio State takes the field, uh, you know, against the Badgers underneath the lights. Camp Randall Stadium will be there. Besides, you cover in that game. I uh, can't make sure about the Ann Arbor, but that's a big question. You know, two weeks, they said two, four weeks, uh, Rocky Beagle said, in, you know, UW has not confirmed yet how long that, the, you know, the prognosis is. But he is back in two weeks. You're looking right before, yeah. right before Ohio State. And, you know, I mean, depending upon what happens on Saturday, I mean, Wisconsin's still in good position for the Big Ten West division. It's still one game in. Iowa lost their leading receiver earlier this week for an indefinite amount of time. Uh, they haven't looked as sharp as they should, uh, according to, to what many have watched. Nebraska looks great, uh, and, and they, they still definitely pose a challenge. So, I mean, the, the West is still yeah. wide open. Uh, but, I mean, you hope for at least one. If you're a Badger, you know, through the Badgers, you want, you want to win both games uh, coming up in the next year. in prime shape when you head down to the Kinnick Stadium in Iowa City to face the Hawkeyes uh, on the 22nd. Uh, and before they face uh, the Brooklyn's yeah. on the 29th yeah. at home. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of yeah, going we'll, on and, and whatnot, too. Yeah, we'll, we'll see play. how it plays out. Again, I, 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 I don't want to be the pessimist here, but I'm not a doctor, but getting a screw put in your foot usually puts you on a shelf for more than two weeks. You know, I, I mean, I understand that the, the optimism that they're trying to have but, I, you know, I'm looking instead of two to four, I'm looking, more, again, like more like four to six. But maybe he'll surprise us. Maybe we're ready. I mean, only in college football do you not hear the injury information from the team, but you hear it from somebody's dad named Rocky. So who knows? We'll, we'll find out what that looks like. But um, it'll be interesting. Like you said, a great week of college football action, a great Saturday with, with so many high-ranked teams playing each other. Most important one for us, obviously, is the match. Yeah, and uh, we'll keep you guys tuned up there. I'll uh, see if anything else happens comes out of the matchup uh, on Saturday, 2:30 kickoff, ABC. Two packs of grouper if you can. Uh, I'd love to get some deep fried grouper uh, or, or some nice blackened groupers. Some of my favorite fish. Um, and then from there, guys, uh, make sure you yeah, check out stuff too. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. Have some of that for me. Uh, follow us at B5Q, at Kilbasa Kings WI. Follow Scotty at Scott News 2. Uh, follow me at Coco B5Q. Big thanks to John Beldheis, BadgerBlitz.com. Make sure you follow him at John Beldheis. And uh, one more cheap plug, KCI Sports Walk-On This Way, the ongoing legacy of the Wisconsin football walk-on tradition. Again, available on free order should be released uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, order online at kcisports.com. Call to free 1-800-697-3756. Sounds great, Drake. That, that, that sounds great, and I look forward to next week. Hopefully I'll get a signed copy of that book, though, or I hope you're not going to make me pay full price for it. Oh, oh, give me a break. You know you're getting one, but I don't know about sign it because I feel like I'm going to degrade the value of it if I sign it. You know what I mean? Like, I, but, uh, but no, you, know you're getting, you know you're getting one. You know you're getting one. And, and, All right. Uh, ah. so, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, other than that, guys, just have a, a wonderful week. Um, take care. Have a great uh, Sky, like I said, have a great rest of the vacation. You deserve it, my friend, uh, and soak up that sun. Um, this is Jacob Borowski, Elizabeth Jenny, my friend. Uh, catch you next week on the Kielbasa King Sports.
extravaganza. Accordion solo, American Polka, played by Mr. John J. Kimball, Edison Records. <laughs> 